Welcome back to the Always Aggressive Podcast. Corey Fontana lifts it. Head coach Tony Ursland coming to you live. Not really. From West Lafayette, uh, you guys. Live from somewhere. It's here. It's opening week. It's uh, it's opening week. We're going to talk plenty about the, the the duels out in Philly this weekend. But first, we got some some business to, to to attend to from last Friday night. You guys had Restloff's coach in Holloway Gym, and uh, I mean, it was wrestling. What what's not to love? What uh, mm-hmm. what did you like about what you saw last Friday? Yeah, uh, good uh, good first opportunity to see the team compete. Down, you know, down to weight, right? That was part of it. That warm up routine, how they made weight, how they uh, you know warmed up again and, and got ready to go. Um, it, it was solid. You know, there's there's some tweaks and some adjustments that we made coming out of uh, last week, especially concerning how some of the guys you know uh, warmed up. You know what I mean? Like I'm I'm always in favor of a, of a very hard warm up to get your motor running and. And I thought some of our young guys, you know, went a little light. So, you know, it's funny that we're competing and you want to get to results, but you know, I'm, I'm stuck on warmups. Like we're getting up, we need to warm up hard, get our motor running, make sure we're in the right frame of mind. But, but no, it, overall it was, it was a strong showing. Um, we have for the most part, right. A veteran lineup, you know, there's a few spots where we have some youth and some inexperience, but Man, those guys took care of their business. They looked very solid in, in how they approached everything. And, and uh, for the most part, like I said, our, our returners uh, look very strong. Uh, anybody in particular? I mean, I know I know where my head's at, but, you know, obviously your opinion's probably a little bit more important when it comes to wrestling and the team and, you know, who's, who's doing well and whatnot. Uh, anybody really jump out at you? Um. You know, well, not really in terms of this, like our good kids looked good. You know, I mean, when people think of our nationally ranked kids, I thought they all looked looked very solid. I mean, if I go down, you know, and you look Devin Schroeder, you know, Devin Schroeder was dominant in his performance and he he looked good. Um, you know, I think uh, people probably understand now Matt Ramos is going to be a fun and exciting wrestler, um, you know, to watch this this year. You know, he's going to have some growing you know, to do within the weight class and folk style, but, but no, he's, he's going to be a fun wrestler to watch. He was, he was down um, and looked, you know, look, look sharp. You know, he had a good time out there competing. Parker, you know, was very strong again at 141. So uh, again, like that's kind of, you know, those are your guys, you know, that you, you, you know, you would expect to, to do well and look good. And they did, they held up there in the bargain there. Uh, Alec White continued uh, his, you know, his uh, fall workouts. In performances, I was really happy with how he kind of looked within that that mini bracket uh, of guys, and, and he should. He's he's you know he's an, a senior, very experienced kid, and he's looked very focused. Uh, you know this year so far, uh, Kenny's always fun to watch. You know, uh, Kenny's you know, and I say Kenny Kendall Coleman for people not around the program every day. I guess we call we call Kendall Kenny. So if, if I slip again, you'll know who I'm talking about. Uh, great to have back right you know with you know head injury at ncaa's sat out until this fall and he's he's now you can see kind of really getting the rust off and back to his his old self so excited to see him back out there um you know we had we had a good battle at 65 um amel sunland coming out on top of that match very workmanlike you know in that situation i think both amel and hayden know that i'd, I'd like to see them get more attacks off you know and and have more scoring holds within the match. Um, but again, the, the way those guys went about coming down, 
making weight and approaching the match was good. They just got to, you know, those kids both work hard. They got to show off their skill sets, right? Like they got a lot of skill sets, you know, show them off, let the people see them. So that, that'd be one tweak there. Uh, 74, you know, just kind of a very controlled, it was an exhibition match, right? I mean, that's one where we've got three guys with Lowry, Nyanhouse and, and Emil that we're all kind of trying to figure out. So we just had an exhibition match uh, for, for Garrett and, and he was very controlled in his win. You know what I mean? Um, uh, I guess the real battle was McCartney and Max, right? McCartney and Max looked uh, looked very uh, solid, both of them. You know, McCartney had some nice upset wins last year as a true freshman. Uh, he continues to grow and develop and push Max. You know, he got into some situations there, you know, where he, he really made Max work. You know what I mean? And so I was happy to see, you know, some depth of that weight class between those two guys. Um, and then Panola and Wolf. You know, very, uh, you know, kind of just two two really experienced guys, right? If you take a look at their resumes, two very experienced guys who have wrestled in a lot of matches, and so uh, that was that was a fun one just to see two guys go at it, um, you know, with different styles, right? Vastly different styles there between Panola and, and Wolf and what that looked like. Uh, I'd say heavyweight. We're still we're still looking at what we can do at heavyweight. You know what I mean? We've got some good talent. There's no doubt. I, I like what we have there. Um, but we're going to still continue to play with, with that. So I know you wanted me to pick a few, but um, it was, it was you, hard. You pick, you pick 10. You pick 10. Yeah, I pick 10. I, I take, I take, 14. I take everybody we're going to put out on the mat. That's, that's who I take. Love it. Well, that's you right. did take them. That's why they're here. That's uh, right. Now you're right. Um, <laughs> a couple fun notes that, uh, you know, I took away from it. Um, going back to Matt Ramos, which, uh, you know, I didn't think about it at the time. I think shop may have been the first one to mention it, but then Ramos told me kind of separately um, Friday night was Matt Ramos's first folk style match since he was in high school, which wow. for those playing at home was three years ago. Yeah. So um, really interesting to get him back out there, uh, not in a freestyle capacity and, and uh, kind of see what he could do under the uh, the folk style set of rules. Yep. No, he, he's making the transition. You know, I mean, it was that's an interesting, right, kind of uh, stat there, I guess. Yeah. Um, right for that guy who's really been freestyle focused. But but you can see, man, he he loves to wrestle and he'll wrestle from every position. So, um, again, I think he's making the transition and will only continue to get better and better, you know, as he gets experience with these matches. He seems like with his explosiveness and his flexibility um, and his athleticism, he would be a pretty dangerous scrambler. But in freestyle, because of the exposure stuff, you know, he probably has shied away from that for a while. Um, we've gotten to see a I got to see a little bit of it Friday. Um, you know, he had that really nice step over that came out of a scramble that, that you know, he, he put Christian White on his back. Um is that something that you see like you, you want to see him do more of? Is that something that you want to see that, that you think will develop as he gets into more folk style matches? No, I think absolutely. The, the goal always is to, to bring your skill sets to the mat, right? Like take all those things that you work so hard on in practice and throughout your career and show them off for the people again, right? Like that is always the goal is to free yourself up and to compete at your highest level. And so I like the fact that he's out there, 
I don't want to say it's taking chances, right? But he'll do some things other people can't because of his flexibility, because of his athleticism. You know, he'll he'll bring some things that not everybody it does. You know, and then that again, that's the goal for everybody. You know, I go back like, man, Emil and, and some of these other guys. You got a lot of skills, man. Use them. You work your tails off, and so that's all we want to see from our guys is, you know, wrestle hard and bring all of your skill sets to the table. You know, um, you know, certainly stay smart, right? Your goal is still to compete smart, but man, you know, you know, go to battle with what you got. Yeah. Um, Parker Phileas is another guy. Uh, Parker put a lot of like the last six months for Parker have been an incredibly disciplined, methodical. I mean, and obviously that's Parker to a T is, you know, he's very methodical in everything he does, but the way he has managed his weight and kept himself down at 141 while getting stronger, I think has been a pretty impressive, uh, a pretty impressive process. And, um, it, you know, it was, it was not, it was not without a lot of planning and a lot of like strategy and a lot of, uh, you know, looks at, at how he was going to get to this point and, um, making weight for the first time. I, I, I thought it really all paid off for him. Yeah, no doubt. Like I was impressed with him. He is, he's a big, strong kid for the weight. That's going to pay dividends uh, for him and how he wants to wrestle and compete. And he did it right. So um, yes, I, I would just echo everything you just said. It all paid off for him and, and he had a good, strong first showing. And I know he's really excited about the year. And definitely hats off to, you know, Elaine Wanstreet and, and Ryan Shane, and the, the, the work that they put into Parker, you know, we scaled back his lifting, we changed his diet. He, you know, he really, like, like I said, there was, you know, cause I think at one point there was probably a little bit of talk of, you know, he, he probably heard the idea of going up to 49 just because, you know, it's, it's not easy for him to make that weight. And he, you know, yep. he made some sacrifices and he changed some things up and uh, it got his body obviously where it needs to be. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that that's apparent that the changes he made in the off season have paid off a great deal for him. And Alec White can, you know, on the other side, I feel like Alec White has really filled into 149. That kid changed his body and uh, looked good. Yep. And, and he's always had, he's always had the, uh, the ability, right? I would say that Alec has always shown us these things. Now he's been unfortunate with some injuries, right? That's been no doubt. I think that's kind of out there a little bit, but but uh, but he seems to be very, very focused to here this fall. You know, he's he's really dialed in and, and you know, he's doing the little things better, even in practice. You know, he's been very stingy in practice about not giving up points. You know, sometimes in the past, maybe give up an easy point here or something that was careless, you know, a detail in practice. And I've seen him really kind of uh, more dialed in on, on being very tough in those situations and not giving up the easy point when the easy thing would be to maybe step away and give up an escape. He's, he's lifting and he's returning and committing to his ride. Like there's some things there that I think, uh, you know, speak to his mentality. Um, got a bit of a blessing and a curse thing with our, our 65 74 situation. And would love to kind of like hear, hear a while. I, I kind of want to hear what Corey thinks too about this is, you know, you got three guys for two weights. All three are very capable. Um, all three could could fill in to, to size and strength at, at both weights. Um, you know, what are the what are the goods and the bads for for having 
you know, that, that kind of situation. Yeah. Um, I know, listen, uh, from a coach's standpoint, it's good, right? Like you need depth in your program. I mean, you need, uh, you know, unfortunately only 10 get aware of the singlet for any duel, but you know, it's a physical sport. And if people get nicked up and go down for a little while, it's good to have people who can step in. So from my standpoint, it's good. It also creates competition in the room, which is also a very positive thing. People push each other. So, so from my standpoint, it, it's, it's all good. Um, you know, but then it's, it's also our job to figure out how to get people, uh, in the right spots, in the right places, you know, where they can be at their best and where they can score for the team in a way that's going to help the team out the most as well. So it's just kind of looking at where we thought guys would thrive the most. And so that's the way it's shaking out right now. And I'm not saying things can't change, you know, um, uh, the goals, as I've always said, the goals will stay the same about what we're trying to do, but the path we get there could change. So, but right now, um, Garrett Ninehouse is up at 74 for the weekend, you'll see, and, and Emil will be in at 65. So, so that's, that's where we're at right now with it. And we feel good about it. We think that's, you know, where both guys will, will thrive and, and, and excel. And so we are, are happy that this is where they're both at, but you know, it's a bit of a flip-flop, right? Like people will look at last year, Emil was up. And, and Garrett was down. And so it is, it is a flip-flop, but ultimately we think with, with their styles and, and, and how they wrestle and compete, that this is the best thing for them and the team. Absolutely. And you got two guys who have been nationally ranked at, at their weights. Yep. Um, you know, Garrett Ninehouse is going in with some preseason rankings at 165. Obviously that'll translate. Um, Emil Sundlin was honorable mention at 174 from flow and, and spent some time ranked at 165 uh, two years ago before uh, before he got injured out of Vegas. So um, you got you know you got some guys, and then you know you got Hayden Lowry like nipping at their heels. You know he wrestled a great match against against Amo on on Friday night. So um, yeah, it's it's a it's a good problem to have, right? Yep, no, no doubt. Like I said, from from our standpoint, it's all good. You know what I mean? Like it, it's a great situation in the room. People are pushing each other, making each other uh, better, trying to be the man. And competition wise, you know, we have capable people who, if somebody goes down, can step in. You know what I mean? Like you want that situation at every weight, right? I, I would I wouldn't tell you that I have that situation at every weight class. Want it? You know, that's the eternal struggle, right? Is to build that. Um, but again, you know, it's, it's all good from, from our standpoint. Uh, one last guy that I want to mention, um, you know, we talked about Matt Ramos's layoff, uh, from folk style, uh, Michael Wolf had an infinitely longer layoff from folk style wrestling. Um, you know, last competing in 2016 with the Naval Academy and, uh, and coming back and joining the program and, and doing his thing for the first time in the in the old golden black on, on Friday night. Yeah. Um, it's such an interesting story. We've talked about him before. I actually talked about Michael the other day, uh, on, on a Purdue preview with, you know, um, you know, us big 10 people. Right. So, so it's interesting that, um, you know, we've got a guy who's been out of the sport for five years, but his story and, and who he is, right. And, and even the impact on the team has already been, been, uh, I'd say significant. Tremendous role model in the room, works his tail off, sharp as a, you know, you know, sharp as a knife, you know, in terms of his studies and what he's doing, right, with his PhD. And, and it just, it's just been a very positive thing. And, and people are going to see him compete for us. You know, he's going to be out there despite 
right? Five years off, and he just gets in here this summer, gets moved in and starts. I mean, then he's in the room right away, man. He's just, he couldn't keep him out, you know? So he's been a mat rat and he's, he's all in, you know, it's not like, Hey, I'm just kind of working my way back. You know, he showed up Friday night and he's, he's getting ready to beat Panola. You know, that's what he's thinking. Right. And I love that. That's that's how you need to think. All of our guys need to think that way. I'm showing up, I'm getting ready to win. And, and so, so I've really enjoyed what he brings you know, uh, to this team, both who he is as an individual and kind of maybe the effect that he can have, especially on the young guys. If the young guys are paying attention, they should they should pay attention to uh, a guy like Michael Wolf and, and how he kind of runs his life. Yeah, um, it's been uh, his uh, his mature approach has definitely been noticed by uh, by your director of ops and, and how he prepares <laughs> for travel and you know, asks a lot of the right questions and it's uh it's rather refreshing. Um, I know that not all college students can, you know, be 25 years old or, or however old Michael is. He's probably a little older than that. I don't know. Um, I'd have to go look, but, uh, <laughs> I was going to say he's been out. No, I think he's 27. Didn't he just have a birthday? Could have. I'm sorry. I think he just turned 27. Um, you can look that up and confirm for me. Well, and the crazy thing is, I'm sure he uh, just turned 27. I don't want to look too far ahead here, but when, when, when you look at the probable starters for Drexel and Ryder for this weekend, uh, both schools plan on sending out true freshmen at, at heavyweight. So that'll be, um, that'll be an interesting yeah. clash right there of, of experience versus youthful <laughs> exuberance. <laughs> so, I mean, that is funny. Yeah. Um, He's probably going to be 10 years older than some of these kids. Now, now maybe not, not quite 10. Close. No, they're probably 18. Yeah. Um, that's funny. Uh, I guess the, the last thing I want to talk about with wrestle offs. And, uh, I think this was an awesome, this is, this is probably the best point of, of all of it. Um, we got to open the doors to fans and bring some folks back into uh, Holloway gymnasium to, uh, to watch us compete. And while it wasn't its usual, uh, boisterous atmosphere that, uh, you know, a duel brings, it was still really great to have people in the building. Now, hundred percent, right. It's, uh, it's just another milestone on your way back, right? It's just, it's another milestone that you can kind of point to that uh, gets you excited for the season with most venues we went to last year, not allowing, you know, uh, fans at all. And now here we are on wrestle offs and, and to have, you know, a good number of people in the stands, you know, watching the kids was, was awesome. Yeah. Um, one note that we alluded to last week, um, but we weren't able to talk about because it hadn't been released yet. Um, the Big Ten television schedule came out. Yeah. And the Boilermakers are slotted to have four of their eight Big Ten conference duels uh, aired nationally on the, uh, on the Big Ten network. Um, pretty awesome milestone for the program, Coach. Yeah, no, that's great. You know, it's just uh, more opportunities to – to build and grow your brand too. Right. I mean, on, on, on TV, you know, that's, we've got a lot of good things going, going on. Clearly we're very excited about the group we have and the possibilities for the season. And so uh, to be able to showcase them more than ever on TV, I think is, is, is really kind of uh, going to be a fun year for, for them. Um, I think even more awesome for our, for our hometown, you know, our local fans, uh, three of our four road duels, 
are going to be nationally televised. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, fans are going to, they're going to, you know, even though they can't come over to Holloway and open the doors up, they're going to have the chance to, to turn on the big 10 network and, and, and yep. watch us at Iowa, at Indiana, at Northwestern, which I think is, uh, which is pretty fantastic. Yep. No doubt. When you can't travel, now you can tune in. That's awesome. Corey, can you talk about a little about, you know, the growth of, of wrestling on the BTN and, and how many more duels are being, you know, televised as opposed to streamed and, and what that, what that looks like, you know, not only for your job, but like, you know, just for the, for the sport. Yeah, for sure. I know it's, it's something that, uh, you know, the big 10 network is, is partners with the big 10 conference and the, the conference institutions. And they're all about expanding the brand and strengthening and, and all of that. But they're also about making money. One thing they learned uh, in the last couple of years is wrestling is, is a big time moneymaker for the network. So they've really gone all in on, on the sport, you know, they've expanded coverage. They've, um, more duels we saw last year at the Big Ten Championships. They expanded coverage, you know, there on day one. And, and that wasn't just a COVID response where, you know, we don't have fans in the arena, so we need to bring it bring it home. That's, I think, I, I, I'd be shocked if that's not the new normal going forward. Their expanded coverage, you know, of, of Big Ten Championships just because uh, they understand uh, in Chicago at, at the network and at the conference offices how big a deal wrestling is in this conference and, and that we're kind of the standard bearer for the sport in the, in the country. And they, they, uh, they want to capitalize on that by providing as much as possible. That's why you're seeing, what is it? 26 duels televised this year um, across the board. That's, that's a huge number. They made the big investment, you know, years ago on the streaming side and they're constantly trying to improve that product as well. Um, But, but yeah, the investment on, on the, the network side, on the linear side, to put things over the air is, is huge. And it's largely because wrestling is either the third or fourth most watched sport, third, third most yep. watched sport they have behind men's basketball and football. And uh, that is not lost on anyone up there. So they are, they're really paying attention to it. You, you've seen Beyond the Mat, the, uh, the features show that they've started up and, and that they keep, you know, pouring resources into that, uh, better coverage, better, um, better, better telling of the stories. We've seen some, some one-off documentaries on the sport as well. Um, the Alex and Eli was fantastic last year. Um, they're going to keep doing things like that. And, and it's really, it's great for everybody in the sport. It's great for the sport itself. And it's fantastic for the fans. Absolutely. Um, it's funny you bring up beyond the math. They'll, uh, They'll be here in two weeks to come work on a few features. They've, they've got a couple feature stories lined up uh, for the Boilermakers that'll that'll be presented to uh, you know the airwaves on the network and on their digital network um, here this season, which is really exciting. And um, I know that they're talking about featuring. You know, they've already they've already invested in featuring our hoops and headlocks doubleheader with men's hoops, and they're going to do some. They, you know, there's there's talk of doing some featurey stuff around that. So um, all super exciting. Um, really glad that, um, you know, we're getting more and more of our, our, our duels televised and covered and, uh, all the stuff, Corey, you said about the big 10 championships, that's, they're running it back this year. They've got it all on the, it was all on the schedule. They're going to, they're going to televise all four, Beautiful. all four, uh, sessions. And, um, you know, they, they realized last year when they did it, 
people people watched. It was uh, it was it was viewed and it was viewed for long periods of time. So um, as you said, I think that's going to be uh, that's going to be the norm. The other thing that I think about about wrestling specifically, it, it applies a little bit to other sports. Um, you know, I like men's basketball, but if if Rutgers is playing Maryland on a Tuesday night, I'm probably not going to watch. Um, if Rutgers and Maryland are wrestling on a Friday night, there's a lot of wrestling fans who don't care about either school necessarily who are still going to tune in. You know, I, I love watching all wrestling on the network, almost all wrestling um, on the network, uh, <laughs> not just Purdue, you know, and, and that's true of a lot of wrestling fans. And, and that helps spruce up the numbers too. You know, you can take what is traditionally thought of, of as, a, as a smaller fan base, but boy, is it loyal. And, and yep. boy, does it love the sport. It doesn't love the school necessarily. It loves the sport. And uh, that's, that's really good for the sport. I got yeah, go you said that. Huh? Go ahead. I, I got a fun wrinkle to throw at you in a second, though. Yeah, yeah. Well, so it's funny he said a loyal uh, fan base because that's exactly what was running through my head the whole time he was talking is, you know, our people tune in because they are very loyal you know what I mean? Um, to what we're doing. And, and it's just a great reason to keep watching and pulling other people in because I know we've been trending, um, trending up and we've said before third, you know, third highest, uh, you know, viewing, I think on BTN last year. And, and if that trend that we've been on this upward trend continues, no, I know from a sponsorship standpoint and, and what the dollars you can bring in though, that could be significant. Now you got to keep trending that way and keep growing, but boy, the possibilities, if, if we can find ways to make that happen, are pretty exciting for the sport. So a fun wrinkle to throw at you, Tony, from a coaching perspective. Um, with more wrestling being televised, it means there's more film out there. It means there's more opportunity for coaches to see, you know, coaches and wrestlers to see other coaches and wrestlers and see how teams prepare and see how wrestlers prepare and, and increasing those scouting reports per se. Um, you know, this is a thing that, you know, football's done this, you know, obviously for a long time, basketball's done this for a long time. You know, they have online platforms where they all share content, you know, they all share film with each other just because it's so regular part of the sport. Um, how do you see the increased television coverage, like increasing the kind of scouting and the kind of, preparation that goes into dual meets, especially within the conference? I, I mean, I just think um, it's already being done, right? It's, it's like you're talking about with football. That's, that's already been the case, honestly, for, for a long time. I think, you know, as soon as BTN started streaming everything, right, we all have accounts. We can go on <laughs> and 10 matches and find who we want. Uh, Flow Wrestling, which has been around for, I mean, I'm not even sure what the first year of Flow was, but I mean, a long time now, mainstream of what we do. Uh, I just think you're already seeing the impacts uh, of that. You know, it's not uncommon for us to come in, sit down and, and watch for tendencies. You know, I, I'm not a guy, though, that likes to get into everything your opponent does. You know, I don't you know want to do a huge deep dive in, in with a kid and confuse him, right? Like at the end of the day, it's still about us dictating what's going to happen, but it's, it's always good to know a few things about your opponent. You're right. You know, it's, it's, you know, that he's dangerous in a position or, you know, he's got something that he, he uses quite a bit. It's always good to understand your opponent. Um, but 
you know, we don't want to get to where it's all about him, what he does. And now we're, we're not focusing on, on our thing. So I think it's always the checks and balances uh, with your kids in terms of watching film, but certainly as coaches, we've for a number of years, you'll be watching, you know, and, and, and picking up tendencies and then working with your kids accordingly. You know, you'll be down in the room and you might have a few things. If you got a leg rider, or like I said, a guy who's really dangerous from his feet in a particular position that you're paying attention to, you know, those things happen. Um, but I, I don't think of it as like, it's going to really increase what we do at this point because it's so ingrained in what we do anyway, you know, that's already a big part of what we do Tanner. So um, it certainly helped, but I would say that started, you know, years ago, you know what I mean? With Digitally. The, yeah. With BTN and flow and those kinds of things. Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, well, speaking of scouting and looking at other opponents, let's uh, let's take a quick peek at uh, this weekend. Um, we are heading out Friday to uh, Philadelphia city of, of brotherly love uh, where we will uh, wrestle at Drexel and at Ryder on Saturday. Um, two duels, same day, two opponents, both on their home turf, Tony. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, I'm kind of excited. It's a little different for us. Uh, travel won't be ex extensive, which is why we kind of liked it, you know, as a challenge. Um, you know, I present it to the guys. It's kind of like when you're at a tournament and you show up in the morning, you warm up and you, you get you get a match in, you know, uh, and then you go back to the hotel for a couple hours and you come back, you know, in the evening. Right. And get ready for round two uh, of the tournament. So I kind of view it like that. And, and that appealed to me. I wanted multiple matches um, this year. The way I looked at it, I wanted multiple matches for our first date, but. I didn't want to be in like a, an all day open. Like, you know, you look, typically we were at Michigan state and you might get five, six matches, you know, in a day. And so with this group, uh, largely again, a veteran group, I thought, Hey, a couple matches on the day um, with very minimal travel and those things uh, would be ideal for us. So that's why we, we agreed to do it and thought it was a great opportunity. So funny enough, this is not the first time Purdue has made this trip. Um, yep. two, 2008, uh, we did a similar deal, um, although we did it in reverse. We went and wrestled at Ryder and then drove down to Philadelphia and wrestled against Drexel and uh, won both those matches that year. Um, but it was, uh, it was a crazy time. That was my third year in the program. So I was uh, still very young and learning yep. and it was a little crazy, but um but yeah, so it'll be it'll be interesting to go to go do that again and see how things have changed and, sure. and uh, see if we can go pull out a couple wins again. Yep, it's you know, and it's not uh, anything uh, abnormal, right, for us. I mean, like I said, it's the difference between being at a tournament. You know, we're you know, I, I think some people outside of the sport, you think of playing, you know, basketball say plays one game day, football one most, most sports, right? Most sports they're going to play one contest in the day, and that's it that you wouldn't think of, you know, doing, doing too, but wrestling, it's something that's very normal for us. It's just another way for us to get multiple matches. But again, I'm not, you know, I don't have our guys in for five or six matches possibly uh, at an open where I I'm, I'm really like with uh let's be honest, like with a, a guy like Devin, who's in year six, Ben tested. A lot of these guys are very battle tested. So it's about getting them, you know, match shape and, and, and making that progress towards, towards March, you know, and then this was a great way to, in my opinion, to start this off. And for those that don't know, Drexel and Ryder are very close together. They're about 45 minutes apart. 
Um, yep. So it's not a huge, uh, it's not a huge travel between sites. It's, uh, you know, I never thought of it in the way that you portrayed it in the tournament, like genre, but it definitely, it, it 100% fits. Yep. It's exactly I mean, when like you it. go to, you go to Nationals or even say, yeah. that, you know, you go to Nationals, you're going to show up in the morning, you're going to wrestle once, uh, you know, and you're going to go back to the hotel and you're going to chill and you're going to wait till we need you back over during in the evening to come over, do your warm up again. You know what I mean? So it's, it's a normal part. And I thought, again, I wanted the multiple matches. So this served its purpose in that way. The Starting other thing, on, the other oh, thing about those ahead, two opponents, uh, uh, they are smaller schools, smaller conferences, uh, but you know, they recruit that, that Pennsylvania, New Jersey area. So, so yep. they, they uh, traditionally are solid programs uh, uh, yep. despite the fact that, you know, they're not in the big 10 of the ACC. No doubt, you know, um, wrestling's like that, right? Like you can find good kids everywhere and, and we'll need to be ready. You know, this is something that you, you can't look past to your point, Corey, right? Like we need to be ready to go and, and all competitions matter. You know, I mean, they, they, they all do. Um, at the end of the year, you qualify for nationals, you know, uh, based on your RPI, your win percentage uh, and, and a ranking, right? Like a national ranking. Those are all factors that go into determining, you know, who qualifies their weights for the national championships. And so in my mind, and certainly what we express to our guys is they're all important. You know what I mean? Like they're all, you got to be ready to go. We view them as equal, you know? Um, So we, we want to have, you know, everything under control right out of the gate and just make sure that we're progressing week to week um, through the season. Uh, Looking directly at Drexel, uh, there'll be a 1 PM start uh, live on flow wrestling. Uh, for, for our flow subscribers out there. Um, the Dragons have uh, three ranked guys in their lineup, Tony. They've uh, number 29, Parker Cropman at uh, 157, uh, number 16, Mickey O'Malley at 174, and number 29, Brian McLaughlin at 184. So a few solid matchups there right in the middle of the lineup uh, for our guys. Yeah, no doubt. And again, we'll, we'll have to be ready. You know, you, you, you got to come out and you've got to, um, you know, come out swinging, come out fighting, you know, and not, not, not try to work into it. The goal is when you put your foot on the line and the whistle blows, you're after the guy, you're, you're dictating what's going to happen. So it's really about that mindset for these kids. Um, you know, it's not just trying to win, you know, uh, obviously you train to get your hand raised, trust the best way to do that is stay in the moment and come out and do your best, do your best rest, you know? And so that's, that's all I'm really focused on with these kids right now is, Hey, you know, you come out swinging, you know, come out and get on your ties, get on your single legs. Let's, let's score points uh, the way you want it to go. Now, when we head up the road to Ryder, it's going to be interesting because everybody's going to weigh in together at noon, even though Ryder won't be there. We're all going to weigh in at noon. So by the time we get to that 8 PM duel over at their place, which again, uh, more streaming, it's going to air live on ESPN plus, um, Everybody's going to be, you know, pardon the term, everybody's going to be fat and happy by, uh, by 8 p.m. And, and really ready to go. So um, it'll be a different t- different kind of duel than, than most. Uh, Ryder brings in four nationally ranked guys in their lineup. Um, Richie Kohler at 133 is number 24. Uh, Ohio State transfer Quinn Kinner is number 22 at 141. Uh, you got Jake Silverstein, Silverstein, number 31 at 157. And uh, Matt Carenti, a familiar, a familiar face, uh, transferring over from Rutgers mm-hmm. at 197. He's ranked number 26. So uh, some, some 
another another good slot of matchups there in the in the nightcap. Yeah, uh, right. Uh, I immediately go back to Panola wrestling Carenti. You know, you you read off that list of ranked guys, and then that's great. Um, but you know that that Rutgers duel, which was quite exciting, won in the final match of the night. You know, by Phileas for us. But Panola had a huge win uh, in OT with some craziness against Carenti, who at the time, like you said, was at Rutgers. So um, and they were heavyweights for that match. They were both heavyweights a couple of years ago and, and now back down at 197. So, um, yeah, going to be a lot of fun. Looking forward to that. Yeah. And hats off to uh, both uh, Coach Haney and Coach Azevedo. They've been uh, they've been great to work with and accommodating as we as we, as they know what's going on and as we head out their way. And, you know, we've, we've navigated that whole process as far as like where we're wrestling, when we're wrestling, so on and so forth. Cause uh, you know, we, we, there was a lot of flexibility when we, when we planned this in the beginning. Absolutely. Two good guys, right. As you said, easy to work with, but just, just good guys too. You know um, uh, I've gotten to know both of them over the years in the sport and have a lot of respect for who they are and how they run their programs. So uh you know, I, I look forward to to having them back at Purdue in a year. You know, like we're going out this year and they both expressed interest in coming back to Purdue uh, in, in future years. So so we do look forward to that. That would be great. Um, I guess one last note that I wanted to definitely get into this show. And it's it's not a, you know, not a happy thing, but, um, you know, the Purdue community and the local wrestling community around the greater Lafayette area. Uh, mourn the loss of Mike Atwood this week. Um, Mike's son, Braden, uh, was a member of the Purdue wrestling team. Uh, Mike was the head coach at local uh, Delphi High School um, and uh, was a, was a love, love member of the wrestling community. Yeah, long-term fixture in this community, right? I mean, just long-term, uh, really good guy. I know he, he impacted a lot of lives, as a lot of coaches do. Uh, very well respected and what he meant to the community. Um, you know, Braden was a senior when I came first came to Purdue. I took the job. Braden had one year of eligibility and uh, and Mike was very welcoming. You know, was was just, you know, meant a lot to me. I appreciated the way he welcomed me to uh, Purdue, even though, you know, Braden was only I didn't recruit him. We had a year and, and, and you know, I, I love Braden. You know, I mean, it was a great relationship and and, and so I've really come to appreciate the fact that that was some of my first interactions was with Mike, you know, Mike Atwood, because Braden was a leader of that team, you know, and, and, and an outstanding uh, wrestler for Purdue. So, yeah, tough, tough, tough week here, you know, for the Atwood family. And we certainly miss Mike. I'll, I'll miss him. You know, had lots of conversations, even though Braden's been gone. Mike was still in the area, be at the golf outings, show up, talk wrestling, you know, whatever. And so I'll, I will definitely miss those conversations and, uh, you know, uh, our prayers and thoughts go out to the entire uh, Atwood family for their loss. For sure. Mike was funny, a uh, big guy with a big personality. And uh, it was always funny. Mike was one of those guys that he's one of those, you know, there's wrestlers that are like this. They always want to like grab you and wrestle a little bit, <laughs> you know, when they see you. And, um, you know, initially for me, not being a wrestler, I was initially like, get Get off me, Mike. Like, come on, stop it. Um, but it was also, you know, when I thought about it, um, it was kind of when I first knew I was part of the wrestling family. Like, you don't just go, you don't walk up and do that to somebody you're not comfortable with, or you don't, you know, you don't, it, that's a little weird, right? To go, to go <laughs> grab somebody, you know, it, it was a, uh, it was definitely a reflection of like, th these were people that I, uh, 
I enjoyed being around and, and, and wanted to be a part of. And, um, you know, that memories like that and, and those kinds of interactions are what brought me back to the team, you know, a few years ago when I, when I came back on. And so, um, I'll really miss Mike a lot. And, uh, you know, Braden was one of my, you know, initial kids and he and I still stay in pretty good touch. And so, um, you know, it's good to hear that he's doing okay. And, you know, he's, yeah. he's hanging in there with all this. So, but it's, uh, you know, we'll, we'll miss Mike. Yeah, no doubt. Mike was, uh, you know, very tough, very direct, right. As a coach and then, and then an AD, um, always appreciated that about him. And, and Braden was kind of the same kid. I mean, you know, uh, it's not a funny story, but it's fond in my mind just because it reflects both, you know, how Braden and Mike approach things. Braden tore his ACL his senior year, nationally ranked kid and yep. tore his ACL literally two days before our first event, you know, that year and still rehab, found a way to get back in the lineup and qualify for nationals, you know, uh, on a leg that was severely damaged. And so that just kind of, kind of summarizes in my mind to, you know, their attitudes and competitors that they were and how they, how they approach things. So that, that's how I always think of, uh, you know, you know, that family, especially Mike and Braden. I think that's all we got this week, Corey, unless there's anything else you had, but uh, I think think that's a a great way to leave it. I think we're good fellas. Uh, Yeah. I can't add anything to the Atwood discussion. Great, great dude. Going to be, going to be missed by hundreds, if not more. Um, Good luck this weekend. Travel safe. Get a couple wins. Thank you. We'll 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 get her done. Beautiful. Boiler up. We'll see y'all next week.